Hey, what's going on? My name is Thomas, and this is a new episode of The Thomas Show. And yeah, let's get into it. So this week, Samsung had a really large event. And if you don't know, just to preface, I am a super big consumer electronics, phones, smartwatches, computers, technology nerd, okay? I live and breathe for the technology news that comes out during the week, and yeah, so that's just a quick little preface. But Samsung had a super big event this week. They call it Unpacked, happens every single year around this kind of end of February time, and they released, well, they announced four, I think four, no, five phones and yeah, so the first one, the first one that they announced was this Galaxy Fold. It's this phone that literally it folds in half and can unfold to a 7-inch, seven, seven inch, I think 7.3-inch tablet. And when you fold it back, it's like a 4.7-inch um, phone that you can just have. And then you can unfold it and fold it and unfold it and fold it. And you can have a really big screen in a not a big place, not a big, you know, footprint of a phone. And that is super cool. Um... They showed some early videos of it and how the folding action works, uh, works, which looks really smooth, but there was like a little bit of a crease in the middle where there's just like a little bump. The screen was continuous, and that's kind of the, the technology that allows that is that OLED technology I was talking about, I think probably in the last episode, maybe the episode before, but it's organic LED, organic light-emitting diode. OLED is the technology that is allowing for that rollable, um, screen that we saw at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. LG had a rollable screen that literally rolled up from like a box and it rolled up um, up to, you know, I don't know, I think it was maybe a couple feet high and it was this massive screen. And that is the technology that has allowed for this foldable screen from Samsung that they put into a phone, which is super, super cool. And that potentially is the future of phones. I'll get into that a little bit later because I've got some hesitations and some thoughts. Um, but it is a really, really cool concept. And it's coming to the market April 26th, I want to say, for nineteen, um, $1,900. I think it was like $1,980, so basically $2,000, which is super expensive for a phone. But you know, they have some other phones that they, they came out with. They came out with the S10, S10 Plus, the S10e, and then the S10 5G, which is a lot of S10s. Basically, the 5G was kind of the offshoot little one. That is a 6, I want to say it's a 6.7-inch screen, and it's going to be um, released as a Verizon exclusive, and it's going to be kind of one of the first phones that's going to have... Um, the antennas and the technology for a 5G network. Next kind of step down would be the S10 Plus. That's the bigger screen S10. It's going to have three cameras on the back facing away from you, and then it's going to have a two-lens camera system facing towards you. Um, and that's kind of like this hole punch little thing that they've got going on the display, which I think I, I find that really funny because they were yelling and creating these funny ads about Apple having a notch and there's this one um, there's this one kind of spoof that they do they have this guy with a haircut and it looks like he has a notch right on his forehead made of hair and so I'm waiting for someone to create that same guy in but instead of the notch they just have the uh, little hole punch so a little bit of um, hair that he didn't shave or something I think it'd be really funny um, but yeah so it's got a little hole punch display in there a hole punch um, for the cameras in the top right it's also got a super, super nice 
um, fingerprint sensor that's in the screen. It's embedded in the screen. It still looks like a screen. You can barely tell. You can't tell it's there unless you have a screen protector on. They, there have been rumors that the early um, products that have been sent out to reviewers come with a screen protector already installed and it has a little hole in it where there's no screen protector and that's where you place your finger. Uh, I don't know if that is maybe just a protective film or if it's actually the screensaver or the screen, um, whatever you call it, the screen protector. I don't know if I said screensaver before, but screen protector, um, which that would be super annoying if that was actually the screen protector because it would, there's, I just imagine a whole bunch of gunk getting stuck in there or you could feel it if you're scrolling up and down on Instagram or I don't know. It, it just seems like it's um, not maybe the greatest design decision. Other than that, it does look like a super, super cool phone, and it's a nice big phone, so you can watch your Netflix or something if that's your only way that you're watching that kind of stuff. And then the next step down is just the regular S10. The only real difference is it's just got one camera facing towards you, one front-facing camera, um, which doesn't make a super big difference. The one on the S10 Plus was kind of this 3D um I think it's called time of flight camera, so it's going to be used for measuring 3D distances, and it's going to be a lot. Be it's going to be a lot better than an actual camera at measuring um, kind of space and keeping track of where it is in, um, you know, kind of in your field. So that is super cool, but the S10 lacks that functionality. It lacks that extra little camera module on the front of your phone. We'll see how that actually really pans out, and if that matters to many people. I'm thinking it's probably not, but yeah. Um, and then the next phone, the bottom phone that they announced was the S10e. This phone is meant to compete with the iPhone XR, so they both start at $749. And this phone does not have, it's kind of like the cheaper version, it does not have um, the in-glass fingerprint sensor. Instead, it's got one on the side on the power button, so when you you know put your thumb to unlock the button or the, unlock the phone, it'll just read your fingerprint and it's probably going to be a bit faster. So it's not really going to be that much of an issue. This phone also lacks, um, it lacks the extra camera on the back. So instead of a three lens camera system facing away from you, it's only going to have the two. And it's also got maybe a little bit less quality of a screen and it's not going to be as big as the S10, the S10 Plus and the S10 5G. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the new basis for Samsung's lineup. They're kind of going with this super wide shotgun approach, hoping that maybe you'll enjoy one of these phones and you'll enjoy it enough maybe to go and actually buy one. They have pre-orders that are announced now. I think the phones, most of them are shipping in March. And if you pre-order them now, I think you get, they announced some new Galaxy Galaxy Pods, Galaxy Buds, Galaxy Buds, that's it. And they're like the um, answer to Apple's AirPods. To me, the case doesn't really look as good as, I mean, like, Apple was so far ahead. I'm taking the case out of my pocket right now because I've always got them. The Apple was so far ahead with these things. I don't see Samsung catching up that quick within, I think it was within two years because the, these were announced with the iPhone 7 in I want to say 2017. Is that, yeah, 2017 they were announced. And they didn't ship until maybe later that year. So Apple is just so far ahead of its time with the case and how they're just kind of magnetically... Like, I've seen pictures of the Galaxy Buds and they just... They don't magnetically just slide in. They've got to... You know, you kind of got to fit them in there. And honestly, like... I, people were criticizing the look of the AirPods with the little stem that hangs down, but I think that's such an iconic 
you know, thing that Apple has pioneered for almost two decades, it seems. And it just seems like it would be kind of um, odd looking if it was just this little bud sticking out of your. Maybe I'm wrong because, you know, the bud, it would have to stick out a little bit further than the Apple AirPod would. So I, I don't really know. It might just look like some horn sticking out or it might look like nothing. It might just look like your ear and then maybe there's just a little blue or black dot in the middle. So I guess we're going to have to see how they actually look on real live people and not just the um, the advertising that they do because obviously they make those look way better. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on the Galaxy um, what do I call them? Galaxy Buds? Galaxy Buds. And also, I don't know, you know, if the reliability is going to be as good. That's one thing that Apple really improved with the AirPods against other wireless buds. They have this, um, they call it the W1 chip. Basically, it's a proprietary chip. It works with their Beats and all of their iPhones and Macs and everything like that. And it's just really, really good um, connection and connectivity and basically everything that has to do with your um, phone and your AirPods talking to each other. And I don't know if that technology could exist on Android and maybe, you know, maybe Samsung doesn't know how to quite do that yet. Or maybe they do. I don't know. We'll find out. So yeah, that's um, that's a quick rundown of everything that Samsung... They also announced some new smartwatches and stuff, but Basically, that's kind of dead in the water because it's going to be nearly impossible to beat Apple at the smartwatch game right now because Android just does not have the ecosystem for it um, like Apple does. Apple has a whole bunch of uh, watch apps that work mostly pretty well. They've got some great fitness stuff and they've got the um, whole bunch of like health focused things like the heart rate sensor is really fantastic and they've got this new EKG on the new Apple Watch Series 4 that is um, an electrocardiogram that is super useful for your doctor or if you want to tell if you are suffering maybe from some sort of um, you know disease that has to do with um, atrial fibrillation. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, it's kind of impossible for maybe any other company besides Apple to really dominate the smartwatch game. So, yeah. And plus, they just, I mean, Apple Watches just look so much better, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because Apple is more of a stylish focused brand, but the new S10 does look really nice. So, they are going to sell quite a lot of those, I would assume. And they are going to be one of the first phone manufacturers to market with a 5G phone. And they are, of course, pioneering the new phone frontier with the foldable phone. And that's really what I wanted to talk about. Um, for a majority of this podcast, because I think the the new transformative um, kind of motion that we're going through, we, we've kind of hit maybe peak slab phone. I, I'll call it the slab style because that's kind of what they are. They're just like these flat little slab things that we put in our pocket. Um, and they don't really change. They don't really adapt very much. We've kind of hit the boundaries for the most part as it um, you know, we got a little bit of a notch in some phones. We've got a little cutout. We've got a little, you know, we got some slider things going on, but we haven't really changed the basic phone layout in, you know, basically forever. Uh, we had flip phones, right, for a while, but it was just the screen on top and the keypad on the bottom. There wasn't a whole lot of dual screen action as far as I'm aware of. Um, so to see that coming back and to see how... The technology, the OLED technology is able to transform and create this 7-inch tablet and have it fit in your pocket is super, super neat. I think also these are kind of coming, this foldable phone and this 5G phone thing are coming together at just the right 
point. We saw Samsung um, with the 5G S10, they have a much bigger screen and it's also a much more powerful phone. I think it has, um, I think it's got like eight, gig, eight gigs of RAM, which is maybe as much as you have in your computer. Um, and it's got a huge amount of storage and it's just got, it's just an, an insane phone, right? But I think the, mo the biggest part to focus on is obviously the big screen. With 5G, we're going to be able to watch movies basically, you know, without waiting for them to load and watch videos without waiting them for load. Um, we can do all this stuff without waiting for anything to load. We can just stream it. And so if you want to be able to, you know, enjoy that content, you're going to probably want a bigger screen, right? Then your, your living room, we always want a bigger TV. That's why we go out, you know, basically every Black Friday to get a new TV. And it's always bigger. It's always a better quality TV. But for the most part, it's bigger. You just want bigger. That's kind of what America is about. Everything needs to be bigger. So with Samsung creating, you know, this bigger phone, obviously they see that the 5G market is going to want a bigger home for their entertainment. If you're watching Game of Thrones, if you're watching the new Avengers, if you're watching, you know, anything, you're going to want it to be bigger. And if you can get it instantaneously, you're going to watch it on your phone because that's where you're going to be able to get it the fastest. And you want all the best experience to be on your phone. So, yeah, I don't know if that came through, you know, super clearly, but they obviously see, uh, Samsung obviously sees um, the market for 5G wanting a bigger phone. And when that kind of collides with the foldable and unfoldable thing, we're going to be able to carry these, you know, phone-like devices that unfold and create a much bigger screen that's going to be more capable of displaying, you know, content that we're going to access through 5G. So, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on um, that as a whole. I don't think the foldable phone revolution is ready quite yet. I think there's lots of development that still needs to be done. If you look at some of the pictures, and I'll try and put a few of them in the show notes for this episode. If you look at some of the pictures, the 4.7-inch screen on the front like the one that you would see when it's unfolded, is super, super small, and it's got huge bezels to the top and the bottom. It looks like a super old iPhone with the chin and the forehead expanded massively. So I don't really see many people using it in that form factor, you know, just besides showing it off to people, just because it doesn't look super usable. Um, but then when you unfold it, it looks, you know, super, super nice, and maybe there is a little bit of a glare or something or some sort of visual artifacting going on in the middle where there's just a little bit of a bump or a little bit of a ridge or something. But I think that'll eventually be worked out with more technology. I don't see Apple creating a foldable phone, even though I just saw, I can see right here on The Verge that they filed some sort of blueprint patent maybe for a foldable iPhone, but I really don't see that happening basically any time before 2022, I would say at the earliest, just because, I mean, 2022 is three years away already. And this technology, I mean, maybe 2021, but Apple is known to not ever be usually the first to something. Sometimes they are, and they usually knock it way out of the park, but they're always usually, you know, among the best at doing something. And um, so, yeah, I don't see Apple really getting into the foldable phone market until they know that they can nail it and have a really great user experience um, about it. I was just listening to a podcast where um, they talk about Apple and the, I want to say it's HI, so human interface, human interfaces, yeah. 
So at human interfaces at Apple, they really try and um, they really try and minimize the amount of like error or warning dialogues that you get, especially on iOS, because that kind of detracts from the overall user experience, which is you know UX. That's a whole design um, you know segment. It's, there's people whose jobs it is to make sure that the user experience on iOS is you know the best it can be, because ultimately that's you know that's what drives consumers to purchase things, right? So at HI at Apple, they try and minimize the errors that you see because if you see an error, it could mean, you know, in your mind subconsciously that you did something wrong. Maybe that makes you feel bad. Maybe you don't decide to go out and get another iPhone, right? And that's kind of something that Samsung has faltered um, or maybe maybe faltered is the wrong word, maybe misstepped and maybe not have done uh, such a great job as Apple has at trying to minimize the errors. And of course, it does, um, you know, it does have some disadvantages on Apple's part. Uh, power users cannot fix things usually as well. If they don't see any error, they don't assume any errors going on. But, you know, they can notice, hey, my contacts aren't syncing correctly or my music isn't streaming at the highest quality possible. And I don't know why and I can't find out why. And that's frustrating. Um, you would be able to see maybe that kind of information on an Android phone if you had the technology and the tools to be able to. And maybe on an Android phone, it would tell you, you know, your music isn't streaming at the highest quality. But that is not a part of Apple's design philosophy for iOS. That is not um, super part of their macOS design philosophy, although you can dive into some things a lot deeper on iOS. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, they just want everything to work. And if something doesn't work, they don't want to let the user know that it's not working because sometimes that could mean that, you know, maybe the user did something wrong and they're going to feel bad about it or, you know, they're going to get frustrated and they're not going to want to use another Apple product, which is ultimately the end goal is Apple wants you to use their products, wants you to buy their products and wants you to pay more money to access their services. And even though, you know, I'll subscribe to the fact that Apple says, you know, we want to create a better world. Everyone says they want to create a better world. They want to create more, you know, medical professionals. They want to let everyone be able to code. They want to let everyone be able to do all these amazing things, which is great. If that's if that's what you need to be able to say to sleep at night, go ahead. I'm sure Samsung says the same exact thing. And I'm sure, you know, if you watch their keynote at Samsung, they really harp on that a ton and they shove it in your face and it's not quite as perfect and it's not quite as believable as what Apple does. And maybe that's why Apple has been maybe the more dominant brand in the 2000s. So, yeah, those are just my thoughts on that entire spectacle. Um, I'm going to cut this episode here. I hope you enjoyed listening to me talk about the Samsung event and the future of the phone industry. Um, if any new technology news, I'm going to try and start incorporating a little more technology news into these podcasts because that's what I enjoy talking about and that's what I have a lot of background in talking about and I find it super interesting. So maybe you'll find it super interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Later. Bye. Hey, okay, I lied real quick. One more thing just before this episode ends. Please, if you have not, go on iTunes, go on Google Podcast, rate the podcast five stars, give me a kind review. It helps a lot, especially when people are searching for the podcast. 
or if they're just kind of discovering new podcasts, it'll show up higher on the rankings and it'll give them maybe a little bit more kindness in their day, a little more information in their mind and a little more positivity in general. So yeah, if you want to shred, if you want to not shred, if you want to share some positivity and feel like you're doing something noble in the world for once, go ahead and give me the five stars, give me a kind review. It's much appreciated. Okay, bye.